0: Welcome back to another episode of the Major Journey Podcast. Today's special guest from cannabis power player is the CEO of Pistol Data, a company which helps cannabis brands prospect and grow accounts. He has built data science teams at the New York Times, Google, and Twitter, where he was VP of Market Insight. Now, prior to founding Pistol, he led business intelligence at NorCal Cannabis Company. It is a special honor to welcome Jeffrey Graham, Jeffrey, thank you so much for coming on the show and being here with us today. Welcome. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, So, Jeff, before we we kind of dive into everything, I would love to take the story way back to where everything began. And so, for those who aren't too familiar with you and your work, can you share with us where your career started and kind of how it evolved to, to where you are today as the CEO of Pistol Data? Sure. Yeah. Um,
1: So I graduated from college with a communications degree uh, and uh, went to live in Greece to basically bum around and play guitar in bars, uh, which was wonderful. Um, But during that time, um, I started reading about the internet in the newspaper and uh, got really excited about the opportunity that the internet was obviously going to provide in terms of Connectivity around the world and as an industry. And uh, I could just kind of see it. This was the mid 90s. Mm. So I moved to New York City and uh, got a master's degree in, uh, I kind of made something up. I called it internet sociology. There really wasn't anything available, but um, just wanted to learn about the internet and get into the industry. And that's what I did uh, in the late 90s and uh, got involved in um, internet marketing. Continued to learn, got a, got a PhD at night while I was working at various places, uh, startups, agencies. As you mentioned, I ended up at the New York Times leading research there um, and then uh, went on to Google uh, and Twitter uh, and, and, uh, and BlackRock, which is a big financial services firm. So it basically was marketing science, internet marketing science, uh, working with sales and marketing teams to give them data to help make better decisions and to go to market more effectively. Um, and uh, a few years ago, that same bug that infected me about the internet—about wow, this this is just this amazing thing that's going on—and uh, uh, you know, understanding, ha- having been somebody who's used cannabis for a long time, understanding the power of the plant, and then understanding what it's going to mean. As regulations and laws change around the world, how transformative that's going to be from a cultural perspective, social perspective, and, and from just an industry growth perspective. So I made a pretty big pivot in my career. I, I went from BlackRock to NorCal Cannabis and uh, and went from wearing a suit and tie and flying to New York every other week from, from California where I live to basically, uh, you know, hang around with a lot of legacy cannabis Cultivators and uh, trying to figure out how I could help them with my skill set as a business intelligence data kind of wonky person, uh, and uh, that that was kind of my entree into the business.
0: That's incredible. So, uh, so l- let me ask this because I think a lot of folks, when they heard the the transition, it wasn't like a it didn't it doesn't necessarily seem like a slow and steady transition. It kind of just seems like you're flying in New York, suit and tie everything. And then all of a sudden, you're kind of just like, you know what, I'm going to give this a shot. And here we go. And then it's like with the flip of a switch, your whole world changes. And so how do you kind of overcome that, that fear that Mm. a lot of us have, when it comes to making such a life changing decision, where it sometimes Mm. feels like you're walking off of a cliff. But Mm. from what it sounded like, it didn't necessarily feel like you were walking off of a cliff, you were kind of just taking a little step off of a little ledge or something like that. And mm. you knew that you were going to, you know, kind of fall down graciously and, and be safe. So how did mm. you kind of go about that? Because that's a, that's a big risk.
1: Yeah. I, you know, I have a particular philosophy towards risk and, um, you know, my life experiences has taught me at least in my own experience uh, to look at risk in a certain way. So I think that, as humans, we, when we look at things that look risky, we tend to really overweight the danger and underweight the reward just kind of naturally. And I've just found in my life, when you make a decision like, oh my God, am I gonna leave Western Massachusetts and move to Greece? Like that seems like a really risky thing. Um, but it really isn't, you know, if you're really excited about something and it feels risky and exciting, I think all things being equal, it's almost always a good idea to take that risky decision because there's something about that that's telling you there's a reward on the other side. And I've just found in my life, in those types of decisions, you kind of realize come out the other end and, and you're kind of like, I'm so glad I did this. I was afraid of doing this, but I'm so glad that I did. So when, when, I, when I'm confronted with decisions that feel risky in that type of way, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I really like to jump in. I also, and we could talk about risk for a while because I do think a lot about it. I also think that in someone's career, you know, uh, uh, I, I I had a formative experience. My dad uh, was laid off in, in the early 90s um, as a lot of people were during kind of a recessionary period and saw somebody who worked for a long time in an industry, you know, be cut loose. Mm-hmm. And I think that imp- imprinted upon me this idea that you know, the security is not in belonging to an organization. The security is what you know, what you can do, and the enthusiasm you can bring to the world. And so maintaining that growth, the learning, the excitement, the stimulation, and that is, to me, what is important. And it's risky not to do that. It's risky to, to basically stagnate. So that's a long answer to the question, Mike, but uh, that's... That's the way I approach those types of decisions.
0: Yeah, no, I, you know what? I think that's the answer that, that I kind of was hoping to hear in a way, Um, especially the way you laid it out. Because so many times we are, you know, presented with opportunities, but we tend to dwell on, well, what if it goes bad? What if this happens? What if that happens? But it's almost like if you, if you look at it as staying in your comfort zone is more risky than leaving it. It just totally changes your perspective on how you see things like that
1: yeah and and in the context of an industry, I experienced jumping into the internet industry uh, deliberately because of the massive tailwinds that i I could I could understand that I was going to experience, and I was right, right um, and it 's amazing to be in an industry that's exploding in growth um, and it 's amazing to. Be able to create things that make an impact on the way an industry works, the way other people are 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 are, are doing things. Um, there are more jobs, there's more money, there's more excitement, there's more opportunity. Uh, it's just so jumping into the cannabis industry at this stage, I think is, you know, it's like what's more risky sailing into, uh, you know, the doldrums or sailing into a massive tailwind. Sure, you can tack maybe a little bit the wrong way, but you're still gonna have the wind to your back. And, and that's what I think the cannabis industry represents for a lot of people right
0: now. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. And the way, the way you kind of broke it down is just from a, a place of abundance, especially having yes. you said there's more jobs, there's more money. There's just so many new things coming about. Yes. And so from from your perspective, especially as someone who's been exposed to very successful, what some might call corporate structures, what do you think is holding back some of the success of a lot of cannabis companies today in terms of how they go about business or how they go about operations and things like that?
1: You know, it's early. In early industries, it's it's chaotic and it's hard. Um, And um, sometimes a lack of money can be hard and sometimes... A lot of money can also make things hard uh you know um and and there are there are no standard operating procedures and ways of doing business um that are established and then within cannabis you have a regulatory structure that you know the government is making it up as they go along too and that makes things really hard so i i think that a lot of it's inherent just being in a new industry and in a, in a challenging regulated industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think a lot of the people that have been in the industry for a long time, let's say 10, 15 years that, that make up the backbone of many parts of this industry are not the, you know, they didn't grow up into, you know, a uh, uh, analytic structure or, uh, you know, they, they, they didn't, get into the business because that was the best thing to do with their MBA. And, (laughs) and so I think that there was a little bit of lack of, um, of, of some of the business processes that you would see even in other, uh, early industries, just because Mm. it's, it's cannabis. So, you know, um, uh, you know, people have to learn, learn a lot and learn into, uh, what's going to be, you know, a
0: sophisticated global industry. Totally. And so that that kind of transitions nicely into another thing that I wanted to gain your insight on. And so sure. what would you say that working for companies like the New York Times, Google, and Twitter, where have wh- what kind of advantages do you find yourself um, having developed by working for for companies that have such a good long track record? And then now coming in, you know, as an entrepreneur on your own into an industry that's very nascent and hasn't necessarily, you know, developed the ability to stand up on its own too and, and walk around yet. Like we're still kind of in that crawling stage. So mm-hmm. what, kind of, what kind of a competitive advantage do you think, you know, someone like yourself has coming from, uh, from, from companies like that and crossing over into yeah. cannabis?
1: I think in building Pistol, the experience in working at these companies allows me to see a couple of things. One is to see, um, to understand what the stages of the development are of a company. So I know what the next stage ought to look like and the stage after that ought to look like. Um, and then I also think uh, that I understand some of the better ways to do things. Uh, because I've seen them done before, mm-hmm. um, and so I think it just helps uh, helps me as a leader to have perspective on where we are as a team of, you know, three people, then six people, then eight people, then fifteen people. Um, what we need to do, what practices we need to implement, and kind of how how things evolve and what they should look like. It um, you know what what good looks like. Um, and I've also been involved in startups. So I've kind of been been through that journey, so I, I think that's that's kind of the main thing. Um, just best practices, uh,
0: having experienced some of those larger corporations. Very cool. And so, with Pistol specifically, how you know h- how do you see Pistol plugging into the cannabis industry today, and also beyond? Um, and how can other businesses and brands benefit from the tools and resources that you and your team are developing and continue to develop, to develop and, and innovate on?
1: When I was at NorCal Cannabis in charge of business intelligence, uh, what really struck me was that for such an important, dynamic, and large industry, and growing industry, that there wasn't a lot of quality data to make the decisions that we needed to make at NorCal Cannabis, Mm -hmm. particularly data that would help us make day-to-day decisions, um, operational decisions. And so having worked in media and finance and packaged goods where people are making decisions with data all the time, as a person who comes in with that mindset, it's hard when you're trying to help people make decisions with data, but you can't find that data. So, that was the journey for fo- founding Pistol was basically um, developing sources of data that we could analyze so that we could help people make better decisions. Right now, we're focused on California, and we're helping sales teams prospect and manage their accounts. So if you're a sales rep in California, uh, every day you have to make decisions about who, who you're going to call and what you're going to say to those retailers that you're trying to get a product onto their shelves. So we help them, uh, our clients, prospect retailers to win new accounts. And then we give them timely information about what's happening in their existing accounts, whether it's uh, a destock or a price change or a competitor has, uh, you know, come in and um, taken share in that store. Um, those are all really important kind of um you know, daily insights that a salesperson uh, can use to make her job a little bit easier. And that's what we're focused on right now.
0: That's awesome. And so that, I think that's one of the, one of the keys that, that you struck, you said to make people's lives easier. Um, and from a, from a point of entrepreneurship, a lot of times we'll see folks think that they need to, you know, find a problem or create a problem and then create a solution to it. And so it's interesting that you came in and you saw an existing problem and you didn't feel like you needed to reinvent the wheel completely. You were just like, here it is. Here's what we're going to do to fix this. Um, And so how important do you think that is for entrepreneurs in cannabis and, and other industries as well to not necessarily stress about, you know, completely reinventing something where you end up actually creating a problem and then having to go from scratch and create a solution, whereas instead, just look at the marketplace. You know, put yourself in it and kind of just look around you and see what what's going on and how you could make it a better place.
1: Yeah, I, I think you said it well. I mean, the world has enough problems, <laughs> but not <laughs> enough solutions. Um, you know, we know that sales teams in California uh, spend a lot of time, you know, going to the Bureau of Cannabis Control and trying to figure out who got a new license, trying to see if stores are opening, closing, gathering intel on Instagram to see what's going on with different brands and stores, going to weed maps and trying to figure out through different menus like what are what are the top brands and all that mm-hmm. stuff. They're doing that work already. It's just a real pain in the neck and there's a lot of blind spots. So we what we tried to do was basically take an existing behavior, which was important enough for people to be spending four to six hours a week on and to take that and just make it easier for them and more elegant in terms of just getting that information. So we basically, you know, saving people time and then allowing them to um, win new accounts, which makes the money. So I, I think that that that's kind of I I, I don't know. I, this is, this is my first product company. So
0: um, uh, I feel like that's probably the only way to do it, right. Is find a problem and solve it. I totally agree. I totally agree. And um, you, you mentioned that right now you guys are really just focused on tackling California, correct? Right. Is there, are there plans and I don't want to, I don't want to go too much under the hood, but are there plans to kind of, you know, roll out as more States jump on the bandwagon and, and legalize and whatnot?
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll be rolling out to a new state uh, by the end of the quarter. Our, our, the data that we have that we analyze is national data. Um, mm-hmm. We're just, uh, you know, we're, we're early stage. we launched our beta in October and our first product for California in February. So we're learning a lot. Uh, we want to improve the features for the current market as we roll out to new ones. So, um, you know, we want to be an international company, um, but um, we're young. So we're, we're taking it one step at a
0: time. I love that. And so um, one, of the, one of the questions I, I wanted to ask you was if you, could, if you could kind of go back in time and give the younger Jeffrey a piece of advice <laughs> when you were first starting out, you know, in, in everything uh, as far as your career goes, what would maybe, you know, one golden nugget or, or two or three little gems or pieces of advice be uh, knowing what you know now and kind of, you know, based on everything you've been through and experienced? Um, from a career
1: perspective,
0: or from a life perspective, we could do both. I'd, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure, every, I'm sure everybody would, would love to would love to hear your perspective on it.
1: Um, from a career perspective, I think. Um, I think focusing on focusing on the process uh, what are you doing every day? Mm. Um, how are you growing? How are you learning? How are you getting better? I think that, um, it's like learning a musical instrument or learning how to play a play golf or something. It's about practice and focus, uh, and, um, you know, sustained energy over a long period of time. Um, so I think that that's, that's really, um, the way to the, to see it as a craft, I guess, um, uh, so I, I, I'm not sure if I looked at it that way, you know, but I, I think that that's a very, um, soothing way to look at things and to break things up into, you know, just what am I doing today and, and how I'm moving forward. Um, from a life perspective, I'd probably take better care of my knees. I think I would ice iced my knees a little bit more often. Um, but, uh. You know, I, I, it's it's a hard question to ask because to answer because I I don't think that way. I like where I'm at, and I don't know what I could change. And um, you know, I I don't know what I would tell me except uh, you know, uh, you'll you, everything will be okay.
0: Yeah, no, I've I've heard a lot of folks say that, and. And to couple that with, with your response about the process and just kind of focusing on the day in and day out, I saw something interesting online uh, recently, and it was a lot of folks tend to, you know, keep that, keep that eye on the prize, right. Or or keep focusing on that light at the end of the tunnel, which is good. But I think also to your point, which is super important is, you know, keep an eye on what you're doing every day, right? Mm -hmm. Like what are your processes? Like, how do you get going in the morning? How do you execute? How do you communicate with your teams? Um, I think that's so important. And I think just to like fine tuning and being 1% better tomorrow than you were today. Um, I think that's so important. And I've, I've been seeing a little bit more of that from from folks. And so to to hear you bring that up mm. is really interesting that you that you shed some light on that.
1: Yeah, and and you have to enjoy every step of the way because because you only get one time around. So the light there, there's only one light at the end of the tunnel, and it's all tunnel. So <laughs> so you might as well enjoy the tunnel because otherwise, you know, what's the point? Um, so um, uh, um, and, and following that, uh, the the joy, and. and you know, the joy of discovery or the joy of building something or the joy of getting better at something or the joy of of working with wonderful people, wherever you find that joy, I think that that you
0: have to allow that to feed you. Mm -hmm. And so, like, for example, a lot of a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of people who are building businesses, they tend to just get, you know, kind of worn out after a little bit of time because it's just it's so taxing uh, mentally just to be able to constantly keep going, keep going. Um, how, what what are some things that you do just to find joy and, you know, enjoy that, that dark tunnel sometimes uh, as you're, you know, building and, and pushing through, through to the next phase of pistol through to the next phase, to the next phase and so on and so forth.
1: Yeah. I, I think having perspective is important. It's, uh, you know, taking, I can take advantage of my relatively advanced age in life to have perspective on things that go wrong or go sideways or go haywire. So not taking things too hard and not over rotating or overreacting, I think is important. Um, And just, you know, to be in it for the long haul, you know, it's like, you know, if you're training for a marathon, you, you, you can't do all of that work in one week. You have to basically do sustained amount of effort and increase your weekly mileage and make sure that you don't pull a muscle along the way. And it's not just about running. It's about rest. It's about nutrition. It's about the support of the entire system of that overall journey. So whatever supports you, whether it's exercise or spending time with family, or those are not things that take away from, the the work those are actually the things that allow you to provide, to give a sustained effort over a period of time, uh, and and be your best and uh, and not be the person who makes a rash error or pisses somebody off or <laughs> you know offends somebody. So I think it's it's about optimizing the entire your entire self, which I think is the key to being successful in work. Because if you don't do that, I think that you can run into some problems but that's, that's me. Everybody has a different way of being. And that's just, that's just what I think works for me.
0: That's great advice. And it makes so much sense. Um, So Jeffrey, before we wrap up, I wanted to ask you, is there anything, you know, new happening over at pistol that, that you want to just take a moment to to shed some light on or or talk about before we wrap up today? I, I, you know, Everything's new.
1: <laughs> Every day, there's something new. Uh, you know, we just we just talked to a customer last week, and uh, he told us he's a sales rep in Southern California. Uh, we knew that he was using our product a lot because obviously we we track uh, usage. Mm-hmm. And uh, he told us that over the last month, he's won 14 accounts with Pistol, wow. and um, that was a moment where. I I have to tell you, I, I literally got a little bit of a tear in my eye because, you know, when you build a product, you're always not sure about the value it's going to give to people. You have to make so many leaps of faith and to know that you put something out in the world that actually is making somebody more money and they have a bigger paycheck and can, you know, um, go home and, uh, enjoy. Uh, so that's, uh, I don't know. That just happened. So you asked me that. That that's that was big news for us to see the impact of our product on uh, on a, on
0: another business and on another person. Congratulations! And thank you. One of the one of the coolest things, and you, I think you kind of just started to dip your toe in the water about that is, it's so cool because it goes so much further than you or Pistol. It it that impact it just snowballs. And it yeah. has an impact so much further than just between you and the customer.
1: Yeah, yeah, it, you're, yes. Hopefully, um, hopefully, we can create a company that allows everybody to do business in a way that's easier and more productive. I guess that's kind of a grand vision, but um, you know, data can data, and particularly data that's provided in a way that allows p- people to make decisions the way that they can make decisions um you know it it can make your life easier and it can it can make relationships within um the industry easier so we hope to help in some way in that that too
0: yeah i can't i can't wait to hear more stories like that and i'm sure i'm sure that's the the driving force behind the that's right team yes that's awesome all right. Well, Jeffrey, thank you so much for joining us today. If folks want to connect with you or learn more about Pistol, what's the best way for them to reach out to you or connect to the team?
1: Sure. Well, I'm um, active on LinkedIn, so people can find me, Jeffrey Graham, uh, Pistol Data at LinkedIn. We spell Pistol, P-I-S-T-I-L, uh, like the, the part of the flower. And um, our website is PistolData, P-I-S-T-I-L, data.com.
0: Awesome. All right, folks, you heard it straight from the source of top cannabis data. And so Jeffrey, thank you so much for joining us today. We really, really appreciate it. Um, We cannot wait to hear more about client and customer stories like that moving forward in the future and folks definitely connect with Jeffrey on LinkedIn, because the content and insight that he's providing on a daily basis. Um, you probably can't get it through a Google search. So I highly, highly encourage you guys to connect with him. And until the next episode, we will see you.
1: Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows.
0: 99.9% of our DNA is identical. It's a 0.1% that truly makes us different and unique. And that's what the show is about. Find out that 0.1% about your favorite guests. Find out what music they like, their first cannabis experience, and even what their room looked like growing up. But more importantly, or as important, their journey. Learn what makes them unique on Everything is Personal.